and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, swearing. I am your very echoey host today, Nick Cameron. I will explain that as we go on, and I'm going to endeavor to not be so echoey, but I'm going to fail mercilessly. Uh, as always, I am joined by Cool Modi Chakas, the master wax blaster, the Terminator X, as it were, of this podcast. How are we doing today, buddy? Today we're using our NPR voices. Uh, I'm going to need you to hotten up that mic or start screaming, one of the two. And then just off the rails already. You know uh, what? Uh, it is... Just a real quick update in my life right now. It is Saturday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. I have a chicken roasting in my Dutch oven, in the, and the Dutch oven goes in the regular oven, which seems really strange. It's, it's double oven, but it, it's just a weird system. Anyway, so I got, the, I got that. I am sitting in the new room. I am sitting in the new music room, the new podcasting room, the new sanctuary from everything room in my new house. I'm echoey because I'm sitting at a desk at a window and there's nothing else. It's there's me. no rug. There's no curtain. There's no records. This is just bizarre. Nick is like in a jail cell. I feel like we're doing a Zoom. You have, like a call, a... you have a phone call from a correctional facility in St. Louis. Will you accept <laughs> the call from Nicholas? Hey, That's our... Like... Our correctional facilities are in Potosi or Jefferson City, just for the record. Just for But, uh, so, because it is beer metal swearing, I don't know if Keefe's going to get involved, but even if he's not, I have a Montucky cold snack, which uh, Keefe was drinking. The unofficial beer of this podcast. I don't think it is actually the unofficial beer, but it is one of my favorite beers. Oh, that's gorgeous. Fuck yeah. What's that glass? Is that one of your favorites? No, this is one of my least favorites, actually. Uh, it is a take-home pint glass from the Gateway Grizzlies, a minor league ball club in St. Louis, in just Metro East St. Louis, Missouri. But the problem is, is because they got this really cool baseball on the bottom, it's too big to fit with my other pint glasses in the stack, so it has to like stay away. So I almost never use it. That's why it's here at the new place because I got beer. At the new place, because I have... beer at the new place. Of course I got beer at the new place. I got beer, I got coffee, I got tea. I mean, I got to have... I got Mountain Dew. I got to have my beverages. There it is. Um, I'm barely functioning in awake, so I'm going to polish off this coffee. This is a delicious cup of Pete's coffee that I got at the Pete's coffee shop in the Nissan mm. District. Drinking it from my current favorite mug, which is my Giants commemorative... New York Football Giants Super Bowl Fifty Two. We beat the Patriots mug. We wanted it more when they were eighteen and zero when we stopped the streak. I watched that game. That was one of the last Super Bowls I watched with any kind of desire. I think the last one was another one though because the Rams lost to the Patriots, which it felt weird rooting for the Patriots, but at least I wasn't rooting for Edmonton. Why were you rooting for the Patriots over? Because the they were playing the they were playing the Los Angeles Rams. Ah, okay. Fuck those I guys. I mean, can you really be mad at the Rams for moving back to the city that jilted in the first place? I guess you can. Can I be mad? Because well, yes, and I have seven hundred and fifty million reasons why. Yeah, I know. We should have a discussion, or maybe we shouldn't, because no one would listen on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But like, a discussion is definitely. Um, needs to be had why sports teams are orgs. Why is a sports team allowed to be a non-profit organization when they have billions of dollars of income? Wait, which, which one? No, Everyone. that one. 
they all are. Not the not the companies, just the organizations. It's uh... it's a tax loophole and it's bullshit. Okay? I agree. They and also I have... love sports, but I love sports. I would say this: fifteen-year-old Keithy loved sports and music equally, which you would imagine is a lot. Twenty-five-year-old Keithy loved music a little more than sports because I was playing in bands at that time and they consumed my whole life. But also, my mid-twenties was like Giants won the Super Bowl. Yeah, maybe they didn't win the Super Bowl. They were they were shitty. Yankees went on a streak of winning a bunch of World Series in my twenties, which balanced out the rest of the shittiness in my life. And uh, Rangers won the Stanley Cup. Um, 35-year-old Keefe, music had moved much further ahead than sports, although I did get to get my Boston University Frozen Four Cup as well as, uh, you know, a few other cool things. Um, I saw Giants them win the two, Frozen Four one year. Giant, yeah, yeah. Giants win the two Super Bowls uh, against the Pats. Um, and then almost 50-year-old Keefe, music is so far ahead of sports. It's not that I don't love sports anymore. I just love them less, much less with much less enthusiasm. I love, like, I don't get down as much anymore. I don't get up as much anymore for them. Um, I've yet to attend a sporting event out in California. I would like to see the San Jose Sharks. I think they're playing the Rangers soon. I don't think I can get to the game. But because um, San Jose is a bit further south of me and mm-hmm. it's a little difficult to get to in a one-day trip unless it's a day game. But um, I am looking forward to some sports out here. Um, but you know, it's just, I just don't have the passion. I was a giant season ticket holder for football my whole childhood. So that was another thing. Um, I, I'm the same way to be perfectly honest. My, my love of sports has really changed. Um, I, they've become television to me. It's not about the, the, you know, I, my passions are, I have three passions, music, preferably on vinyl or live, you know, hockey and a good beer. But my passion for hockey has really, as the game has changed and the passion has been taken out of the game and they have turned the game into a more cookie cutter thing where they're trying to fit hockey in with the rest of the sports. And instead of, it's kind of like Star Wars versus Star Trek. What I like about Star Wars is what makes it different, not what makes it the same. And that is what they're doing with hockey is they're taking out what is different and focusing on what makes it the same. I don't disagree with that. Hockey has always been a different kind of sport. And obviously they're making more money. Obviously it's working. They're catching the youth. They're catching everybody. But I, as I sit here in front of my window, staring at the ass end of my Prius on the, my new street, looking at the clouds out the window, I'm not terribly interested. So, I mean, I still watch most blues games, but it, you know, I used to go to between four, three teams, three or four teams that we would have at any given time in St. Louis. I would go to between 50 and 60 hockey games in a year mm. between, you know, I'd go to the St. Louis junior blues, the St. Louis bandits, the Missouri River Otters, the St. Louis Blues. I mean, there was one year where I went to 25 Blues games and probably 25 River Otters games. Wow. It was awesome. But, and I don't, but also during that time, my life was a lot less full. I was with my, my ex-wife and 
if I could be a little bit personal for a minute, I know I seem pretty happy and on the ball now, but back then I had resigned myself to quiet desperation and I really delved into that to, to fill the hole in my, my soul that my relationship was not filling. So, you know, it, it's, it, there's a lot of changes, but obviously here today we're talking about vinyl, clearly. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, you got a beer check for me or you just got a coffee check? I think I'm going to drink the coffee and if we get to a point where you have a second beer, I will have a first. <clears throat> you have one ready. I, I have got a one. Beer I got ready. one at the ready. I don't know if I'm, I really needed the coffee to be allowed to uh, No, I, I... This is my AM. I'm sleeping on Saturday. I, I want to give a special thanks to, to, to Keefe today because as I am the kind of person that makes, takes... Makes lemons out of, wait, what? Makes lemonade when life gives me lemons. My D uh, DMA podcast was postponed today because of reasons that are not mine to give. But things happened, so I was able to bug Keefe while I'm driving, running errands, saying, hey, let's do a, I'm at the bank, I'm at the bank teller, and I'm like, hey, Keefe, let's, uh, let's do a podcast today. It's a little rude to have your phone out. During the transaction, I was wait. I I was in the drive-through. I was oh, okay. waiting for them you to call in front me. Of a person. Oh hell no! I'm no. We're gonna fight. I mean, it's gonna be angry. It's gonna be a tickle slap fight, something, but a really angry okay. tickle slap I just, fight. I'm just making sure who my. I will are. tickle you till you pee. It's gonna be awesome. I'm very. Please don't tickle me. I have a very oh. low tolerance for ticklishness. Um. Okay. Anyway, but, so yeah, I'm always down to pod as long as I have free time and it's not you know. Um, but Keefe Nye's day today has been very different. Yes. My wife and I had a spontaneous date night last night, which went really, really well. I'll tell you more about it off air. I'm not going to talk about it on. Well, but uh, yeah. we um, part of the deal was because we have to do an overnight for the kid whenever we do this because we never know when we're going to get home and. Yeah. So the kid has went, but she's been doing. She's been sleeping in her new room. We brought a futon mattress over, and so she's been she sleeps in her new room when when we do these date nights. But anyway, so my mother in law had plans this morning, and she wanted me over here early, so I had to be here at eight thirty. And I thought, well, I I gotta get ready to get the stuff ready to cook, so I better get up at seven. So I've been up since seven thirty, and here's the quality husband I am. I woke up at six fifty. I went to bed at about two, by the way, but I woke up at six fifty, and I thought. My alarm's going to go off at 7. I shouldn't let it do that. And I got, and I went, oh, she can deal. But I woke up again at 6.59, turned it off, took a shower, nailed it. So I have been awake since 7 a.m. And I even did a road trip to cook breakfast. That's so I brought breakfast over here as well. And then I have run three. I went to the bank. I went to the... Uh, the record store, which I'll get to in a bit. And then we went to, sh to, to Aldi's to pick up odds and ends, non-perishable odds and ends for here. I have also installed a curtain on our sun porch, which is going to be a combination walk-in pantry, walk-in closet. It, um, I have installed a can crusher. I posted a video on Twitter. If you are cool, you have seen me being really stupid and ridiculous with this. But I used a drill. I used a level. I was so manly in Texas. They would have given me a slap on the ass and called me a good old boy. I was so manly.
Whoa! Oh. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, so so Keefe was totally willing to jump in on this ridiculous because uh, I got time to kill because it takes two and a half hours to cook that chicken. And I don't need to make the mashed potatoes for a while, so... The, the whole chicken cooks in two hours in the Dutch oven in the oven? Yeah. Like a turducken, except reverse, sort of? It's, well, it's... I think I'm going to use my Dutch oven today to make some ribs. Know. You know what's really good in the Dutch oven also is pot roast. Well, any roast. Well, yeah, but uh, a, the, the chicken is, when, it, when, it, when you do it just right, which I always do because I'm awesome... Takes a lot of butter to get it there, but just mm. butter the crap out of this thing. When you pick up the chicken, you're just gonna pull out the skeleton, That's and then the you, way just, you do it. It's, it's great. And then it's the winter time. You could make a soup with that skeleton. You can make some broth and then make a soup if you're. A soup yeah, person. they have broth in in cans now. I know, but it's garbage because it's a million percent sodium and it's full of chemicals to keep it on the shelf. Whereas sodium broth is... you make at home from chicken bones is the best broth in the world. All right, all right. One of these days, vegetarian or vegan, which then you can't have it. One of these days, I'll. One of these days, I'll do it. It's not today, but one of these days. Whenever I make any kind of meat product in my, uh, for the most part, in my Dutch oven, I then. This is a podcast nobody wanted, but we're gonna do it. Um, (laughs) I will save some liquid for the broth. I will make a broth. Then I will freeze some of that broth, so I have a starter ready for the next major food project in the Dutch oven. Um, so I have broths in the freezer. I have soup. I made a big, wasn't feeling too good over the holidays, and I made a big chicken soup because that's what I do when I don't feel good. I have a soup or a chili or a stew or a bisque or something because soup makes me feel better as a person about myself. And and, um, and thank you for listening to The okay. Splendid Table. This has been The Splendid Table with Nicholas and Keith. Remember to support your local NPR stations. It's support from listeners like you that keep our programming running. Indeed, I did. I've that. been ducking my local NPR station because they've been calling me saying, Chase "Hey, you like a motherfucker!" It's like I like, don't want them to go out of business, but they will chase you worse than politicians. It's they're awful. like, "Hey, man, maybe ten bucks isn't enough. Maybe, maybe you could do." What better. will it take to make you go away and not call me for a year? How? What's the number? You tell me the number. I'll give it to you. Fuck off. Anyway, um, so. What Jerry happened? Style, to... By the way, the hardcore band just did an NPR Tiny Desk concert, which is incredible. I have actually been on NPR twice in Missouri. Nice, wow. I was uh, I was get, because I, I was a food blogger for a time, and I right. I was a the guy that knew all about the St. Louis local food, the Slinger, mm. and so I got to do a local NPR Sonic ID where they like talk to me, listen to me, and so they were like, "Hey, it's Nick Cameron for the Thirteen Blog." And what's funny about that is the people that made fun of me, the, the serious food bloggies, the serious foodie guys, then got like a job writing about Slingers four years later. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. But not the point. I also was interviewed because I also on that same blog did uh, fish fry reviews, church fish fry reviews. So I was also interviewed. Do you guys have a pancake? No, we do. Pancake social down there. If anybody does, I'm not gonna go to it. I can get pancakes wherever, but I don't do pancakes because I'm hypoglycemic. Okay, we gotta get off the splendid table. I will say you would be amazing at wait, wait, don't tell me. You would win that shit. You would <laughs> win. You would win. I appreciate that. I would like to meet Peter Sagel. Mm. But anyway, so we the vinyl so check. We, the vinyl check time. I don't have one because we did such an extensive one. For the upcoming Faith No More episode, so I it don't was, have it one. It was it was significant. Now. 
I yeah, Keefe's going to have a great vinyl check in a couple of days because this is going to hit on Sunday night as I like to do the bonus episodes on Sunday nights. But um, my vinyl check is, I did that one. Okay, yesterday I decided I was going to buy another record even though I've got like 10 records in the mail because I have a problem that is going to be untreated forever. And I bought... but. As I'm going to mention in a couple of days after you hear this, I did purchase the new Robert Plant Allison Krauss record. Very cool. And it seems like whenever I buy a Jimmy Page record, or whenever I buy a Robert Plant record, I always find myself buying a Jimmy Page record right after it. Mm -hmm. So I bought uh, Jimmy Page and Roy Harper's Whatever Happened to Jugula. Interesting. That is real. Wow. I have never heard it. I did not oh, preview well, I have, it. And I know the record, and it's that's a surpriser for me. That's a real deep cut. Uh, Roy Harper is only best known for two things, beside being a solo artist in the UK. There's a Led Zeppelin song that's a tribute to him. Hats off to Roy Harper. Mm-hmm. And he sings Have a Cigar on Wish We Hear. But he and sounds Rogers, exactly like Roger. Roger still says he could have done it better. I mean, it's he basically Roger did a guide vocal and Roy copied the guide vocal. So, well, and I mean, Roger needs to voices. Roger needs to let it go. It was forty five years ago. I mean, like this is the problem when you are in a band and you write songs that other people contribute to. You think it's yours. It's not yours anymore once other people put their special sauce on it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so my vinyl check that I bought today. Now, we during the, the how-to vinyl episode, and I'm going to show you just how serious I am about the things I said. For the first time today, I purchased a copy of an album that I already have mm. because I wanted to improve my pressing. Interesting. I have a copy of the 2014 edition 180-gram pressing of Pink Floyd The Wall. Today at my local record shop, The Record Exchange, which is actually very near to my new house, they had a, an original pressing or original run of pressings of the wall, so it does not have it doesn't have the logo Pink Floyd the wall on it. It's a, it's a dirty record because they don't ever clean anything there. You gotta you gotta clean that at home, which I will be cleaning that in a couple hours when it gets home. But it was only twenty five dollars. And I vacillated back and forth because the copy I have was a gift from my wife. And But in the end, I decided The Wall is legitimately my favorite album of all time, I think. Everyone knows that. I have The Wall. I have Roger Waters' The Wall live in Berlin. I have Roger Waters' The Wall live 2015. And I hope to God Pink Floyd will do a vinyl pressing of Is There Anybody Out There? However, I know the situation and I'm not holding my breath because Roger. But because of all that stuff, it just made me think that maybe it would be a fun time for us to do another podcast about vinyl and just kind of the rituals and all that stuff there. So, and I'm trying my best to make sure we don't chew our food twice this week because that, I mean, that's in small podcasts like this one and it's it's not an uncommon occurrence. So I'm trying, so I got an even an outline. I am so, I'm so fucking professional this week. He's overcome. I, 
I am I am reclimped. I am reclimped. Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. Discuss. Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, but so let's start off with. I mean, quite frankly, vinyl. You know, Keefe and I are both very strong vinyl people. Very much into listening to vinyl, loving vinyl, buying vinyl, talking about it incessantly. How do you know? How can you tell if a music lover is into vinyl? It's like vegans and CrossFitters. They'll tell you within 30 seconds. I have told everyone because we tell everyone because we want to find our own because we can't smell our own. Because the people that you might think that are in maybe aren't. So why do you listen to vinyl why do you because let, let's be realistic about one thing that the one thing and one thing only about the vinyl experience is wholly wholly undebatable and that is the cost there is no question that you and i are spending five to ten times more than we need two to ten times more than we need to to buy vinyl rather than any other service. No doubt. Um, in brief, I will say that I have a love affair my whole life with vinyl because my first music I heard was either on the radio or vinyl and nothing in between. And so, what, like, I don't think that's... I think there's definitely going to be a whole generation of people who don't know what terrestrial radio is. Just like we didn't God, know... that is messed up. It is, but they won't know what it is. And... Um, Ironic jokes about NPR aside today. And That's funny. I, yeah, like now in, in context, it's super funny. But, you know, I have had a love affair with vinyl since I saw my very first one. Uh, cannot deny today, as we record this, is the would be the birthday of David Bowie. One of the first vinyls I ever saw in my life was Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. As I mentioned in a recent podcast, my mother had David Bowie, which was not a rock fan, but she would have Stones, Beatles, David Bowie, a couple of things. She flirted with rock. For the record, fun. I really want a copy of that one, and I have not yeah. pulled the trigger. Yeah, um, I'm not a big Bowie fan, but I love that one. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, I mean yeah, that early Bowie stuff is just untouchable, and um, which is interesting because his first record was a flop, and he was almost driven out of the business and was going to go do something else with his life. And he, um, and he changed his name because there was a similarly named guy who was an actor, you might or may not know, David Jones. Um, he often plays the British bad guy in things like Fringe or he's, uh, was in Mad Men. The only thing about Fringe I know is the MC Chris joke made yes. in, uh, what album was that? Race Wars. More confusing than Fringe? Is that what the... No, is? the joke was, I feel like I'm in Fringe. I was like, what's Fringe? You know, you know Pacey from Dawson's Creek is in it? Yeah. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, great, fringe! Great, great joke. Leonard That's all I know. His last uh, acting role. Anywho, um, <clears throat> I'm a fan. Let's put it that way. I don't know if anybody can hear the sneezes, but there's no furniture in any of the rooms up here to speak of. And my daughter's sneezes are echoing through our, our new house. Fascinating. So, There's yeah, I have one. a lifelong uh, thing with vinyl. And uh, I 
was delighted when vinyl started to make a comeback. I love the ephemera. I love the packaging. I want a lyric book or a lyric sheet. I want artwork. <laughs> so, your poor child. Yeah, man, I love I love listening to records. I love, I'm a collector of things, um, whether it's douchey trucker hats or band shirts or vinyl or set lists or all the things I have just go, this is all part and parcel of my love of music. And it was cassettes at one time, it was CDs at another time, it was vinyl at one time, now it's vinyl again. I don't exclusively listen to stuff on vinyl because it's not practical being a music reviewer and a critic. Um, I do get some CDs from time to time. I don't actually have a, a actual stereo with a CD player right now. I actually requested, while I was still in the review game, I requested people stop sending me CDs. Oh, I like to re-gift them. I give them away. I'll throw them into giveaways and stuff. I didn't. Bonus, even if they're I could never get a giveaway to go. Nobody ever wanted to take part in my giveaways. They're hard to pull off, and I've even had some humongous integrations you would be surprised like i said when we were doing the black Sabbath series and ghost cole had those like people did not want technical ecstasy stuff at all even for free they didn't want it They're well like, i mean i was i did a a giveaway with static tension recordings to give uh to give away a record mm. like wolf council's debut album on oh, vinyl yeah. Yeah, they gave true. they gave me one too which was nice and I did I did another vinyl giveaway with uh, Season of Arrows. That is cool. And it was like all you have to do is like, follow, and retweet, and you're that's it. There's a there's a whole larger conversation about that. I'll get on offline, not during this pod, but like no, yeah, I there's, just there's it's complicated. Um, there are actually rules on social media now about not asking like a like for something or a follow for something is frowned upon. So it's hard, hard to do these things because that was how you used to do it, and it worked like gangbusters at one point. <clears throat> but um, yeah, that's my kind of take on why I love vinyl. I'm super stoked it's back. I'm really stoked that I have a new turntable. I listen to one record every day at least. Um, if my job wasn't such a demanding drain on my time, I could do more. Um, because of the stress of my job. I actually listen to other music than metal and rock when I'm working. I, it's usually a podcast, or it's um, about news or something. Or I have been really, and I probably should go get it, be getting some stuff, some synth wavy stuff because I've been just delving into synth wave, even just really underground independent artists. Um, one of my favorite people in the music game is Seth Workheiser. You might know him. He used to mm -hmm. run. Uh, a lot of music sites. He used to run Noise Creep for AOL. At one point, he used to do Metal Trivia. Um, he still does a lot of music marketing. That's his main gig. And he is also doing this ambient synthwave music that's like relaxing music. So like when I'm doing very stressful work that I need all my critical brain function to do to not have a terrible faux pas at, I need like just something unobtrusive in the background that's comforting to me. And I love the synthwave stuff, man. I am getting a Kylan Mikla vinyl in, uh, should be soon. That record came out in the fall. If you're not uh, familiar with Artifact Records, they also have Kanga, who is an artist I love. I almost went to go see, but I couldn't pull it off. I wasn't feeling well. So, yeah, man, that's, I should be, yeah, I love the vinyl stuff. And um, I know you have further questions, so I don't want to spoil the further questions with more answers. You go next. 
For me, I have always been very big on on physical media because I know if I buy your cassette, I know if I buy your CD, or now if I buy your record, I have that. If I buy your digital download, if I buy your iTunes, I don't know if I'll be able to keep that because they can take those off of your computer. They can take things down off Bandcamp. And it's an impermanence. I don't want to lease music. I want to own it. Right. And That's a really great way of discussing the current streaming system. Even Bandcamp, who I love, and I think they have long legs in the game. I, I love Bandcamp. Sh- but I don't see them changing or going anywhere. But I, I buy records on Bandcamp. Right. I love that Bandcamp now has a vinyl crowdfunding system. I do think the pricing is a little out of whack. But that's besides the point. But I want a thing. I want to hold your music in my hand. It's, it's, I want to know that it's mine until I decide it's not rather than something like that. So, I mean, the idea of streaming and Spotify and all that stuff, I get it. It's, it's basically an attempt at creating a new terrestrial radio. And... Yeah, the way to look at it is this. Is streaming should have never been seen as a revenue platform. It's an awareness engine. If you mm-hmm. look at streaming, like, you wouldn't go to Google to own something. You wouldn't go to Google. You don't. You search for some information on Google to acquire the knowledge, not to own the knowledge. Correct. And, and so the problem with Spotify is it was presented like all streaming was per iTunes. I think I think because Spotify followed iTunes and the un, the failure of iTunes, which is now Apple Music basically, the failure of iTunes and how they fucked up the disconnect between the platform, social media sharing and the devices. And I was a huge iPod person by the way, and I'm not an Apple person, but I had love my fucking iPods and I still have one. Um, they fucked that up really bad, so people were kind of cultured on this experience that, like, oh, I can have it. And when Spotify came along, they just like, oh, I can have it, without understanding that Spotify was never meant to be a revenue source. It really wasn't. It's really not a revenue source for artists. It's a, it's an awareness engine. Now, if you're already a huge band, or if you, you know, a huge selling band that's left over from a previous generation, you might have a chance at earning a lot of money from streaming, but not really even that really the people who are making <clears throat> if you're getting ASCAP payments of a significant level mm-hmm. you're going to make money on streaming right uh, for the record ASCAP is the payments that you get for your music being played on terrestrial radio and commercials and right. and publishing it's publishing music publishing I will and, say this is really funny one of the last stories of 2021 or one of the first stories of 2022 on Ghost Cult because Metallica, everything all the time, cannot have a pod without mentioning them. Sorry, as Metallica. Nick rolls, his eyes, Nick rolls his eyes at me, deservedly so. Only because you said we won't mention them, and then you, you mentioned we won't them. Mention them. We just cannot go one episode. Without no, mentioning. we can't. Metallica had 1.3 billion, with a B, billion streams in 2021. This is also a band that has their own music platform. That is the third or fourth largest seller of music on the web. I know the web is an expression that's outdated, but you understand what I'm saying. 
Like Metallica.com, MetallicaLive.com, the streams they sell. And the streams they sell themselves is the fourth or fifth biggest revenue generator of streaming. On there top is of no... what they did in YouTube and Spotify and Deezer and what Yeah, this is a band that during the pandemic was like, hey, here's a great way to make money. We have all of these concerts recorded. Let's just throw them out on YouTube for a day and use it to raise money for our... They have a charitable foundation. foundation. There's they only are... like a few bands that have one. They're... Metallica is death to Smoochie. They are death to Smoochie. It's great. Holy shit, dude. Is that, that a deep cut? My deep, deep cut. Good okay. okay. I mean, they, they, they are the music and they are the entire entertainment industry. Movies, music, television, streaming, video. I mean, they're everything. Let's let me talk now. That's why I had, I had to open up another beer. Everybody always says when I, by everybody, I mean, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Always says, let Keefe talk. Let Duncan talk. I'm I, I'm letting other people talk, I and now I'm not getting talk. to talk. What the hell are you? What is Jamie talking about? I never let you talk. Anywho, I'm gonna mute you if I figure out how. I'll mute myself. I'm old. I don't know how. Anyway, Keefe is. I don't know. I also I cracked open another beer since I. Oh, he's either mouthing at me or he's muted. I don't know. I don't understand technology. It's kind of funny. I'm making these. The, I'm making these Luddite jokes in an episode where we're talking about how much we love Luddite technology. Wow, that man, we are just calling it all back on a wow context. There context. Con- continue your your thread. So for me, when when I was listening, and I think I've told this story before, so I'll keep it a little bit shorter. But when I was really knee deep in reviewing, and I was reviewing three albums a week i mean which to me seems so crazy that i had that much opportunity to do so i realized i would never have to buy music again if i don't want to i don't review music and i unsubscribe from 10 to 20 lists each week and i just get 40 to 50 more each week and i don't even do anything with them so i i i will always have this unless i close the email account which i can't because it's now connected to podcasts i'm I, i can't i can't close it so I realized that the way I wanted to start supporting artists again because I, I felt bad getting free music legally, appropriately, correctly, but not supporting the bands because some, uh, some of those music, some of the bands I really love, Chapo, James Legg, you know, when I was in the beginning stages, ha- um, half Japanese. I mean, there's a lot of these, these, uh, Mark Porkchop Holder. I mean, I loved them to death, but I wasn't supporting them anymore. So I figured, well, the only CD player I have is in my car. All I ever do with a CD when I buy it at the because sh- I would buy CDs at shows still, and I you know buy Amazon CDs constantly. What do I do with it? It stays in my car for a week, and then it gets ripped to my computer, and it goes to my phone, and I listen to a track or two on on shuffle. You know, like Rex Brown told me, iTunes was the death of music in his mind because it stopped being about the albums that they created and it became singles again. James Legg told me that he creates all of his albums and he's done, let's see, two, four, six albums now. Seven. Seven if you count the collaborative covers record with Left Lane Cruiser. You know, he's done six completely original albums and he views everything as side one and side two, regardless of how you listen to it. So you get the, you, you, you get a ride on each side, as it were. 
Somebody needs to use that as a tagline. Yeah, that is really genius. Anyway, so I realized that you know, a friend of mine had actually given me a turntable recently. And I realized, well, the only way I'm going to buy music is if I start buying vinyl. And I had one that I accidentally bought at a Crobot show. Everybody's heard that story. First time I had seen Crobot, it was they were touring on their EP even. So they were opening for Rex Brown's Kill Devil Hill at the time. And they were the opener, opener. I mean, crazy low. But in the end, it became something... It it became... One of the things that I've heard a lot about, you know, music fans as the world has gone on, as time has gone on, is people are saying nobody sits down to listen to music anymore. Music is not the important thing it once was. Music is now background noise to pass the time. And I'm just as guilty of that. And there are lots of times where I, like if I'm at work and I've got it on shuffle, it's just to know how many five-minute crunches have gone through. I mean, I'm sorry. That's what it is. When I'm at home and I'm listening to a record, it's about that record. And it's, you know, I used to have every CD that I owned memorized. I would listen to them, read the lyrics five to six times in a row. But as soon as it became digital, we all changed. So I decided I was going to change back. And so I did. And that's why, th- th- you know, that is the, the long-form short story of why I'm into vinyl. Now, when it comes to vinyl, I think we've all got our own little ritual. And that's a big reason. As to, that's another reason why I, I, I really enjoy it. So what is your personal listening process up there, not near, not near Calgary? I'm doing oh, Canadian okay. pronunciations. Canadian that's Canada. that's how we do this in our organization. Okay. Um, it took me a second. I'm getting a little slow, slow on the uptake today. I um. Again, I've been awake a lot longer than Keithy today. If, if I'm seriously listening, um, for pleasure or analysis, uh, the record is the focus. Um, my current system, because I live in an efficiency small apartment in an expensive city, a filing cabinet for young college students and older professional singles, I have my turntable on my coffee table in my quasi-living room dinette area. I will I am put my system together there. Uh, come the time when I have to move everything into this little bedroom cubicle, I'll do that also. But um, for now, it's a little more comfortable out there. It's a bigger open space. And I listen to one album that I purchased seriously all the way through at least once. Uh, I haven't really had a vinyl that I was basing a review off of yet. That has yet to happen for me. It's not a thing I'm focused on. um, Because usually by the time I have received a vinyl, the review is done. Um, just because it's part and parcel of running a website. But um, I'm really enjoying the process of just listening to listen. When I'm working, if I can put on a vinyl, it is something I'm, you know, familiar, comfort food music, you know. All right. Now, for me, my... 
I'm going to jump back and forth on this story a little bit. For me, I listened to it 99 days out of 100. This week was a little bit different because there was a little bit of uh, ants in the pants in my family this week, which during the pandemic there's not been a whole lot of. But uh, 99 days out of 100, I get home at 5, between 4.57 and 5.05 p.m., depending upon traffic. Uh, St. Louis has very low traffic, if you don't know. And we're very spread out, so the traffic isn't that congested. It's awesome. Anyway, and when I get home, the first thing I try to do is I try to do something around the house in order to ease the tension and just to not be a shithead like I have been most of the time in my marriage. (laughs) But after that, um, I round up the kid and who typically has been doing dishes or working in her room or doing her homework because she is growing up to be an awesome, awesome human being. And I say, okay, I'm going to go upstairs. Give me five minutes to listen to a record. And the first, sometimes she listens, sometimes she doesn't. But the first thing I do is I sit down in my futon couch upstairs don't worry, there won't be a futon couch here because we've decided to grow out of the college dorm room moment. But in my house presently and in the house that I'm sitting in now that I'm moving into, we have a dedicated room to listen to music. And that is for, it's it's the Midwest, man. we got plenty of room. I could put a cow in my backyard almost. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. I could not put a cow in the backyard. I can't put a chicken out there apparently though. I'm not doing that either. I can buy eggs at the store. There's plenty of stores. But because of that, I have, you know, I I don't have to worry about how many records I buy. And when you live in a city like San Francisco, a city like New York, that is something. And, you know, if you look at Southern California and the little Southern bit of Northern California as well, and you look at the northern east coast that's 50% of the entire United States population so the vast majority of the people in the United States that would be hearing this are probably screaming and pulling their hair out at the idea of having a house where I can sit and listen to music and then then there's another room in the house where my family can watch movies and we're not competing with each other we've got plenty of room but that's the Midwest Anyway, so I go upstairs, and now the selection process usually begins during the day at work. One of the things I do when I have a minute is I am, and if I have not been perfectly clear on this before, I'm going to double down on this and say make sure you have a Discogs account. One, as you go on, your record collection will gain value. Uh, cases in point, I bought the Bloodhound Gang Hooray for Boobies on Amazon when it was being clearanced out at $18 because they had to get rid of them. That stuff goes for a And it's not even an original pressing or anything interesting. It's a 20-year-later repress. It's just hard to find. They're but now it's $100. People like the band. I bought Mizarthum's last album they did on Bandcamp. Anybody could have gotten it. There was no limited number. You just had to you just had to, to be part of it. It's a hundred dollars now. I look at these things and go, what is wrong with this world? So 
FOMO is real. Anyway, so don't get the FOMO because you, you, if you don't drop that 20 bucks now, it might be a hundred, a hundo later. So anyway, I, so what I do on Discogs, so Discogs is great too because of that. If anything happens to it in a house claim, I can now claim it because I've got independent, it's got an independent verification on its intrin- on its intrinsic value or its monetary value, excuse me, not intrinsic. So insurance, insurance. Correct. That is actually, I started it because I actually had a conversation with my insurance agent saying, hey, this collection is getting big. How do I do this? And she said it needs to be independently evaluated and independently you need an independent valuation, monetary valuation of this. And Discogs does that for you. It gives you the worldwide market price. Anyway, so, but also using that, I go through that and I'm building up a want list the size of Alaska. Because what else do I have to do when there's nothing to do? So I, you know, I go shopping for records because it's it's my biggest passion. And... Well, so what I do is I go through my list of records that I've got, and it's I got four pages of 250 records ago. So I mean, there, there's a bunch, and I look at it and I go, "Oh, Green Jello! What other Green Jello albums are there? Oh, Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page! What other Jimmy Page records are there?" And it just takes me down a rabbit hole. Has but by ever been uh, released on vinyl? That would be one I would like to have. Which one? Outrider. Yes, I have it. How about Death Wish 4? What? Death Wish 4 soundtrack by Jimmy Page. Death Wish 4? I know he did 2. 2 is on vinyl. I think he did 2 and 4. Oh, I think 4 might be the Lucifer Rising album that he released only on his website. Mm. So it's like $1,000 now. uh, Don't quote me on that because I don't know. I'm probably very wrong. But yes, Outrider has been released on vinyl. I have it. I got it. uh, The first gift card I ever got for a record store. Is how I that's how I acquired that. What happened to that singer? Which one? There were three. The main guy. I don't remember. The wasting my time guy. Mm. I don't remember his name. John Miles. Yes. Uh, He's probably doing the John Miles experience, playing your local casino, saying, "Remember that time I was with Jimmy Page? Mm. If I were John Miles, that's what I would do." I would sing a whole lot of love. I mean, I got it. There's a dude from Boston coming to town who was in Boston after 2004, and he's going to play all the hits of Boston. I don't even like it's Boston. Not, it's not Michael Sweet from no, Striper. No, no, he's like the current Boston singer. Is he really? Kind of. No, I think this dude doesn't even wasn't even the singer. I think he was like a replacement guitar player, like some rhythm guitarist. And oh shit. Yeah, it, it's it's really greasy. Anyway, where am I at? Listening process. So. By doing that, and then I look through my albums, because frankly, I have over 800, and I forget I have things, because 800, 800 of anything is a lot. I mean, that's like, that's like taking a bag of rice and throwing it all on the ground and remembering every kernel. So by building up the one list, it also gives me a chance to explore my explore the library in my house and go, oh yeah, Lords of the Trident. I haven't listened to that in a long time. Ooh, Space Cadaver, Esquilito. You know, the stuff that I don't listen to very frequently because they're, it's, you know, one-offs or something neat or Goblin Cock or uh, Mike Adams at his honest way, stuff like that. 
uh, Goblin Cock is great. I can't pronounce the the title. It was one of the very first vinyl promos I ever received. It was before the major resurgence. Uh, I believe the title of the album was Necronama Necronama Comma Donkey Kong. And all of the lyrics are in written in runes, which I cannot read. Fabulous. As are the titles of like the songs. Like a serial killer's note to the to the media and the police. Fantastic. Yeah, um, but it's it's a great record though, so check oh, it out. And so. so that's when I because I may only get to listen to one in a day, depending upon how the day is going to go. So you know, I choose now if I'm having a bad day. I, yeah, I throw on Pink Floyd or I throw on Pink Floyd solo work. Yeah. Stuff like that. I'm actually really excited to get my new my Sid Barrett records because I haven't heard them. Do but, you? Uh, um, how you do? Are you able to kind of listen without interruption? Uh, I'm the kind of person I really don't like to stop and start a thing. It depends. So I'm gonna play a vinyl. I'm gonna play side one. I'm gonna play side two. If there's a three and a four, I'm gonna play three and a four. That's and my goal. Listen to them uninterrupted, if possible. You are a family man. I am not. That's my goal, and that's part of why I have the kid up there. So there's nothing going on, you know. Up, you know, in in the sitting room, which we have the sitting room in, at our current house, and I'm sitting in the new sitting room. We're still going to call it the same thing. That's where the beer fridge is. In the beer fridge, there is also Capri Sun and Coca Cola. Very nice. So if anybody needs a beverage, there it is. I got peanuts on the table. I got a candy dish there as well. There's snacks. There's beverages. Uh, there was a bathroom right next in it, our current house. There's a bathroom right around the corner. I guess the bathroom about the same distance here too. Really, now that I think about it, but there's just the one. Anyway, but no, I, I do try to listen to the whole thing. I will also say that one of the George Clinton records I got, some of my best jokes are friends. I have not listened to side two ever. I don't know why. I have not done it. Uh, a lot of like old school hip hop stuff. I might only listen to a track or two. Like on my birthday, I actually, because I had like two hours by myself somehow. I don't remember how that worked out, but I just started bumping like two or three tracks off all this cool 90s stuff. So I listened to the, you know, they end up the, the straight out of Compton soundtrack. I listened to Digital Underground. I listened to Sir Mix a lot. Just, you know, be, you know, just a couple of things just to get those big thumps kind of stuff, but. Yeah, I do. I do try to go the entire record, and if I do, that's why I don't listen to my like for a while. Sundays were live album days. I remember so, that Sunday remember afternoon. That. that was the day I would break out one of the triple or quadruple live records I've got. Okay, good to know. Good to know. But let's move on a little bit past here. So, I actually already answered this question, <laughs> but how do you choose what you're going to listen to? Um, a lot of times it's what mood I'm in strikes me. Uh, could be if I purchase something new, I want to hear it. Uh, but I haven't been, you know, or something new doesn't new count. Of course, if you have a new one, that's going on the yeah, turntable. But usually, first. like whatever mood I'm in, uh, or what the day brings, or what you know, like I will genre hop. Um, like I said, my most listened to record, vinyl or otherwise, digital, etc., last year was Amigo the Devil, Born Against. It was literally one of my favorite records of the last few years. Um, I'm obsessed with the music, obsessed with him. Interviewed him for Ghost Cult. You can check it out on our YouTube. Um, I am going to interrupt right now because I am looking out my window and a dude in a red and black plaid deerstalker has walked up the sidewalk four times. Okay, maybe he's trying to get his steps in. Oh my God, I love this. 
this. I have a portion of the, I'll send you a picture of my view, but I have a portion of my street that I could just watch and where I'm sitting will be right where the music will be hitting in nearly the perfect spot when this is, oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> so, yeah, basically. I'm ready for my life changes. I'm ready for I know, it. that's great. I'm really happy for you. It's going to be a big year. I'm, I'm, uh, all of us, we need a better, a better tomorrow. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Did you notice that I'm wearing glasses today? You are wearing glasses today. You are, as am I wearing my glasses today. Cause I you always wear them. yours, though. I don't always. I wear my. I don't often wear them, and I, sometimes I take them off. They irritate me, and I take them off. Eh, I'm fucked up. I, don't know. I need to wear mine all the time, but I so rarely wear them in front of the computer. I need them for reading, and that's what it basically comes down to. I can't read the screen without them. But Oh, also, I need mine to read, and I need mine to see far away because I'm old. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's kind of... My, my vision is definitely downsliding, backsliding hard. So I, but for some reason, there's something about this desk that I can see the computer screen perfectly. You, you look really professional today with the glasses and the combed hair and the hoodie. <laughs> I mean, normally we do these pods, you're in your pajamas, it's bedtime almost. And I am end of my day, so I'm usually in my loungewear or pajamas. Oh yeah, when I get home, it's straight into the PJs. The yeah, moment yeah. I get home. Yeah, well, I work from home, so PJs a lot. But, uh, and uh, there are, you know, I had, well, for a while, I was trying to, like, get up every day and get dressed for work at 6 a.m. in the morning, Pacific time, 9 a.m. Eastern, but, like, nah, lately it's been, nope, gonna stay in the PJs. Can I also say that when you are here, if that is in February, depending upon how things work out, yeah, if yeah, that... Yeah, we'll a discussion if this is still happening. When I, yeah, I know. I hope. I know. Whenever it happens, I swear to God, I will cook this chicken for you. Oh, cool. I'm excited. I just love the excuse to cook it, and no, it okay. smells so good. What's for the so veggie going to be beside potato? We have a green. Is that a thing you guys do, or do I have to manufacture a green? I really should have gotten broccoli, but I didn't. Broccarab? Uh, there is some green herbs in the stuffing. Hmm. Does that count? That probably doesn't count. Not really. Um, Sorry. No problem. So yeah, it's just basically whatever mood I'm in, and my mood has been foul a lot lately. Uh, so it's been a lot of do, you know. Again, what I have on vinyl, um, again the, the the shift between like what I go to reach for for vinyl. So it has been a lot of new stuff. Has been a lot of opening for the first time and listening stuff because again there was a gap between ordering the turntable. First time doesn't first time doesn't count. A wave That's... of vinyl had come in. Look, while you should I was waiting for my back ordered turntable to arrive. That took two months. You should always listen to that one that's on your doorstep. Which, by the way, at my house, my copy of Lou Reed Transformer arrived today. Amazing. Amazing. But I'll um, be listening yeah. to The Wall tonight. I'm actually going to do an A to B on my copies of The Wall tonight. That's interesting. Will you do the whole one and the whole two? Or will you do side? Not, side not tonight. Side? I, you know what? Maybe I should wait. I think I'm going to do like side A, side A tonight. And then maybe tomorrow, if I have time, which I probably won't, I'm going to do A through D, A through D. See, your wall is my wish you were here, and I only have one, though. Um, actually, I do have a, I have an old pressing back. When, hey, tell you what. Here, this is, this is me to you, and we'll get to this later. This is actually one of the topics, but I actually have on my wish list. I'm going to try to upgrade my pressing of wish you were here. Mm-hmm. When that happens, I will give you 
my copy. Oh, okay. Well, I have the 180. I have the one you right. probably want. I have the 180 grand. No, that's not what I want. Slip in the handshake cover. I have that one. That's not what I want. Oh, really? I want a 1976 Japanese pressing. That's why. Okay. All right, then. Uh, Is there anything I... extra on it? No, it can't be. I'm sorry? Because there's nothing extra on it. It's just the Japanese No, pressing. no, but the Japanese pressings are superior pressings. They they were right. able to press, press vinyl better than anyone. I... I, despite having some of the best bands in the world, had some very wonky pressings back in the 70s. I don't know if it was inconsistent or what was going on at the plant. My, my, 70s, my 70s Pink Floyd, because in Pink Floyd I have... Three, three of the 180 gram 2014 repressings. I have relics. I have animals, and I have the wall. And I, my A to B on the wall is going to determine whether or not I purchase animals again. Mm. The relics doesn't matter enough because it's it's. There might be one or two songs that aren't on a record. It's not much. But th this A to B is going to be, do I go back and buy repurchased animals? Because I got animals. Notes, how will you know? You're just going to know in your heart, like, no, this is better. I need it. My ears are telling me this is better. Have you ever listened to a Japanese pressing? Yes. And could you tell the difference? Yes. That's, there you go. So I'm expecting the difference between... My first press of the wall that I got today and my 2014 repress of the wall that I already own to be the difference between a Japanese and an American press. Okay. That's, I'll accept the, I will, the judge accepts that answer. Um, I have, I have five, five Japanese albums right now. Five Japanese. Okay. And I want what are a they? thousand more. What are they? I have Adam Hart Mother. Nice. More. Uh, what is the other soundtrack? Right. Oh, Obscured by Clouds and not Echoes. What's why I have the four right in a row. It's um, Metal. No, before Metal. So I've got more you hate Obscured by Clouds, Adam Hart Mother. Zubishki Point? No. Okay, keep just just. Stretch this out. Talk a little bit, please. I'm just trying to figure it out. I um, uh, uh, remember how I talked about how much I love Discogs. It's actually already up on my computer. Yeah, of course. Um, I have started my Discogs account, taking it a little more seriously, filling it out with what I have. As I said, there's a whole half of my collection that is not here, and I had I was just talking with my buddy. Leah last night about what's what he has of mine in his storage and like how can I get these records no it is metal I'm gonna have I, to drive across the country with them because I don't trust shipping them at all I apologize it is metal I do have metal on Japanese press alright that would so be I have like, uh, I need to fill out my Floyd collection it's weird that I don't have Obscured by Clouds um well, the only I'm one I'm missing anything. now the only one is um Endless River no thank you I'll pass. Forever. <sighs> I only need... But I only need that. I almost have all of the I mean, I solo the albums on vinyl. If you buy it from them. So, like, maybe... I almost have all... Of, the only solo albums I'm missing are Z and... Um, Rattle That Lock. I am three albums away from having everything Pink Floyd ever did on vinyl. 
Random. Are we doing more than 15 more minutes? Uh, How's our time looking? Yeah, we can do another 20 or 30. Okay, in that case, then I'm going to do a beer. Shall okay, then. Late episode beer check. This is a beer that I love. Welcome Ooh. to San Francisco. This is Speakeasy, San Francisco Speakeasy Ales and Lagers, Big Daddy. This is prominent in many bars in my neighborhood, but I've never been able to get it for the house. Ergo, it's never been on a pod with us. So this is new to the pod, not new to my taste buds. This is delicious. And I'm gonna hey, I, you know, my goal here every week, my goal every week is to drop a new beer. Because you know what? We can review two things, music and beers. It's fine. For me, you know, my listening process, when I get home and I'm ready to sit down, spin a record, you know, I, I put two of my passions together. I spin a record, I crack open a beer, I pour it into the pint glass, mm. and that's when I take, tw- usually at least side A, I take side A, I melt into the couch. And then after side A is done, then I get my, you know, there's always digital work to do. Pay your personal property taxes, get this bill taken care of, whatever, you know. And that's when I move into that moment is to get that stuff taken care of. But, you know, it actually, it occurs to me. Never mind. I'm not going to talk about this online. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, so I will say um, right before this pod and as I was trying to get a meal together to eat before having this pod, I uh, making my favorite meal of the day breakfast, even on my current Whole30 uh, food lifestyle change. Breakfast is still my favorite. Eggs are the only dairy I'm really allowed right now, which is, you know, it's just like being a drug addict because cheese is life. But um, I'm still spinning that Metallica live at Woodstock. I just spun side four twice in a row to just enjoy it. And um, it's pretty great. And uh, they did uh, Whiplash, which I love hearing. I just heard it again live recently. And um, I'm not sure if I have Whiplash on a Metallica Live. No, I do. I do. I've got it on Seattle. Mm, yes. And probably one of the best versions ever. I, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, let, let's just detour for one slight second because I think this is part and parcel of the thing. We've we can detour. About, we've been talking about collecting. We've been talking about Discogs. Let us both announce, since I've already broken the seal on Metallica mentions, that you and I both went in on the Metallica Vinyl Subscription Club for 2022. The two of us both thought that a hundred fucking dollars for eight songs was not us getting ripped off, apparently. Four singles, basically. I will say this. We'll we'll determine together if something is worth opening and listening to. Like I said, if if they send me something I absolutely will loathe, I will probably just sell it sealed. But I, I won't, feel I like won't do that. I feel like we're both gonna bot. We're gonna get our pack. Our wrist. We're gonna receive our vinyl. We're gonna do a listen through. We're gonna maybe review it in an episode of this. No, I. Here's how I envision the Metallica, uh, the Metallica episodes where we both wait to get together in order to open these stupid fucking boxes. And then we open them together on the podcast after we get a beer, after we, right. you know, grab each other. Review. Correct. That's not a bad reaction review. I'm not against that. 
I'll also say this. So, so now, like, piggybacking on that, because that's interesting a tiny bit until we get to these episodes. We're not going to see the first one of these things till April, probably. April. They said so, April. So, fuck. So, you know, April, June, the November, f- February 23. So, like, we have a bit of a spell. What is yeah, it? do not sit by your iPhone waiting for that podcast to pop up. Don't. Um, but I will say, like, what's your take on other subscription services, and have you done them? And would you do one in the future? And what would you, like, if you had a wish list of labels to do a subscription service, what would you choose? Because I'm interested to know. That's a very odd... It's a triple barrel, quadruple barrel question. It's like one of the worst interviewing things you could do. <laughs> It's a difficult question to answer. The first quest, the first part of the question is, have I ever done one? No. Would I do one? Yes. I actually had my... Uh, there was a, a metal service. I forget which one it was. I don't know. But the problem was, on the subscription service, I then had to pay $10 a month for shipping. And I'm like, it's a subscription service. Why do I gotta pay extra? And so I metalhead box maybe. I don't. It was three or four years ago. Okay. And and honestly, I just couldn't wrap my head around that to the point where I said no. And that's one of the things. And one of the things that I would tell any artist, any subscription service, when it comes to records. Okay, shipping them sucks. I know. I was a discog seller for a minute, and I know how much it costs. It costs a minimum of four dollars. Just in postage, then three to five dollars in packaging. Okay, I get that it sucks, but you know what? Raise the price of your record by three dollars and lower you the just postage by have two. It all, just charge me the fee, the flat. This is what it costs, and that's it. You want yeah, it. I mean, you want like it built it, baked in. one of my favorite nerdcore rappers, whose name I will not mention, whose every other album, this and everyone including it, I have purchased. He had an album that was, I think it was $18 for the vinyl on Bandcamp. And then there was a $12 shipping fee. Okay. That seems high. That seems quite high. Now I'm going to now I'm gonna ask, did the $12 shipping fee prove warranted? It, was it packaged indestructibly, beautifully, securely? Did it come with no dings on it whatsoever? No, and there's a band I mentioned earlier today whose first album I have, but I don't have their second on vinyl. They had a $12, they had a 10 or $12 shipping fee as well. And you know what? If you sell the record for 30 with a $5 shipping cost, I'm more likely to buy it. Frankly, put the shipping cost as low as possible. Don't cause it, it, for me, it's, it's like the, it's like the fees on Ticketmaster, man. I was going to go to guns and roses when they were at the the dome like three years ago on the first reunion tour, they came on the second leg. It was the first Guns N' Roses show in St. Louis since the riot. Since the fucking riot. They're like, oh, tickets are $30 for the cheap seats. And I don't give two shits. So I'm like, hell yeah, give me two of those. And then they're like 75 in fees. And I'm like, you want if you had just told me at the beginning. It's 400 bucks. Well, it would have been like a hundred and I think for, for two thirty dollar tickets, I think my price was around a hundred and thirty dollars. Mm. If you had just said, look, it's sixty bucks plus five bucks fees, I would have bought it. You wanna be mad as shit at me? 
I've won free tickets to see GNR on the first leg of the Not In This Lifetime tour. And then I got comped a ticket to the show from their publicist, which was like, she's not working with the band anymore. But like, mm. it was like a once in a billion chance. No like, anger. I, I have no some anger. tickets to give for the show. Do you want to go? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm already going, but if you want to give me, uh, comp me a ticket, I'll take one. And then I gave the comp ticket, which was in a fucking luxury box, to a friend. Because I, I, I didn't want my friend, who I had already told I won these tickets, would you go with me, to sit alone. I, uh, I, I will never begrudge anyone for going to shows. I have gone to, if I would, and you know what, I may, when concerts return, I may go back into reviewing just shows. You but, should. Be, you be, I mean, the pod could also be a place where we review shows just casually. I'm happy. Entirely to possible. Also. I might but, see um, a week from today. We'll let you know. I have I have gone to see so many of the bands I grew up loving, and I've gotten to interview people that I grew up as child that grew up as my childhood heroes. Some yeah. of them yelled at me because I was green at the time, and I apologize, Rex Brown. But you know, I still got to do it, and it's amazing that you know. I love Rex. He's a little dicky. In an interview. I had a very he, good interview with him about his book, and then he kind of turned dicky, but, like, whatever. If When you listen, when you li- when you read my interview with him, it's great. When you listen to it, it's <laughs> dicky. Because, and I, he was telling me personal stuff. Yeah, And same. I, I, I won't same. repeat it. Yeah. And not knowing the etiquette at the time, I pulled out my phone and just hit record. It was, like, my first real face-to-face interview. Maybe second. I, I mean, it was... to do I met him face to face. I never interviewed him face to face. I interviewed him face to face at Firebird in 2014. And I, I was looking forward to a new. He is supposed to be completing a new solo album. I'm waiting for this. Where I loved the first one, and I would like another one. I please, thank you. I will that. also say that Pantera shared it on their website. That's so. Cool. I mean, I, I have no complaints. It, 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 and then after the show, he came up to me, you know, he, he called me up to the stage when the show was over and he said, is this going to be a good review? Do we kick ass? I'm like, hey, you got it. It's awesome. Yes, he, he is definitely concerned about what people think about him. And I think he's you know, shy about how he's been portrayed and treated in the press. Yeah, he, I, I took it as just at the time he was just, he was just gun shy about everything. And, you know, what he told me, I know I understood. I'm sorry, the microphone is in front of me today. For the not first time ever. Yeah, I know. It's just like, again, you, I complimented how professional you are, and that's fine. I already flubbed some shit earlier. Um, Where are we at? Rex okay. Brown stories aside, I'm going to now answer the question I asked to you, if that's okay. And I'm going to keep it on the brief mm. side for me. Oh, real quick. the For the metal thing, the, what would I want? I would want um, Svart. Mm. I would want... Translation loss. Mm. I would want Willow Top, Willow Tip. Yes. Oh God, there's another one that I just can't remember off the top of my head now. Uh, God, what's that one out of Wisconsin? It's one out of a record store in Wisconsin. Oh, Gilead eroded. Gilead, yeah, Gilead. Gilead Media can fucking do no wrong. I would want those four. They have a sub so of those that I, I know Gilead. Has, I, I know Gilead a lot of them. has a very expensive but probably worth it subscription service that I think is like fifteen to twenty five vinyls a year. Is it really? Something bucks. Uh, that's not bad, bucks. really. Yeah, but like their roster is fucking flawless. The they thing about I mean, the thing about subscription services is it's an extra free test pressings, all kinds of shit. 
the thing about a subscription service, you don't. I wouldn't want you to be sending me that year's records. I, I would my want choice of things. No, not even that. I would want the service to get you know five or six labels. You know, even there's even more that they could get involved. There's uh, there's a thousand sm- small minor league metal labels where, and then they could just, they could just, I mean, you'd have to set it up two years in advance now, but repress their old stuff. Do the same thing you do with Black Sabbath, with Ghost. And I mean, it's, it's a really simple concept. It's just, here's the masters, here's the plates, just press the fucking things. So yeah, I agree with that. And I'm going to say, I also have never pulled the trigger on a subscription service until now. I definitely would in the future. Things that I have my eye on that I would like to see a subscription service. I think Ripple has one. And I think like I think bands are testing it out cuz they're trying to test out their loyalty and like obviously look you can't invest in something expensive, time consuming and stressful to pr- ship and things like that. A lot of variables that can go wrong. Smaller labels cannot carry the burden financially of a huge industry like Metallica, as we said. Death to Smoochie, great. Fucking Metallica bad. has a pressing plant. They have their own pressing plant. So, their delays is because they can't get the capsules. I think you're seeing a lot of record labels test out a subscription service with digital on Bandcamp, and I think that's going to be the model for the future of vinyl. That being said... Post Wax, which is kind of a side label project of Magnetic Eye, has a subscription service, and they are doing repressings and sort of hard to find things and new things. Ripple should do a subscription service for their vinyl and repress their early shit because, like I said, I got that. You know, like it just just makes sense for their culture and their fandom. Uh, the Flenser, which is very similar to Gilead Media, similar vibe, a similar type of artists has an incredible subscription service, also high cost, but they have a label, again, almost everything they put out is fucking choice. They don't put out see, any shit bands. What I would like to see is a, a service where somebody, where the subscription service gives them, you know, they, they sell it for $30 a month for a record or $32 a month for two records or whatever, and then they give the labels a dollar per record and give the band a dollar per record like it's band camp and all they have to do is turn over the masters that's fair i also would like to see one classic metal label do a sub service so metal blade if you're not listening i'm sure you're not uh nuclear blast oh Nate brian slagle and i are like this um, like really far apart. Slagle likes my partner, Omar. It's actually, I have like a cell phone photo of him and Slagle together <clears> at a Metal Blade event we were at. And I met Bla- I met Slagle. He's great. If you have never read his book about the history of Metal Blade, it was in his life story. It's brilliant. And we talked about hockey mostly when I met him. It was in a Mon- a Monomark listening party and he was hanging out because I think he has a place in New York actually, like a little apartment he keeps. And um, big hockey fan. Not a fan of the Rangers though because um, he loves San Jose and the Kings and the Golden Knights and Pittsburgh because I think he was a big Lemieux fan which is fair um so um 
Yeah, man. Uh, I would like to see some Stoner Doom subscription service labels. Uh, Riding Easy kind of is doing a sub-service. Oh, I have Gimme Metal. So that's... I lied. I do Gimme Metal. I should... I'm stupid. No, you I said do, you pulled the trigger. It's fine. I, I pulled the trigger on Metallica, but I do Gimme Metal. So I have done it for a year, actually. And I've gotten a, quite a collection of great things I never would have gotten. Seven Churches Repress... From the masters of Possessed, and I love Possessed and Jeff Becerra is one of my favorite people ever. Do me a favor. When you come to town, bring that. Just, just oh, bring it. it's in storage in Pennsylvania, so I cannot bring it. Um, I, I wasn't going to shank you. You can shank me. Um, I, I will ghost, uh, you know, uh, Opus Eponymous on Repress. Like I said, they're doing a lot of stuff with Riding Easy. Necrot. So they've done a very good job. Oh, so twenty bucks spin is a label that should probably do a subscription service for their new stuff. Yes, I, I apologize. I should have mentioned them. Twenty bucks spin is amazing. They're called twenty bucks spin because they sell their records for twenty dollars shipped. I actually thought it was a reference uh, to a Towns Van Zandt song, which is what I think it is. A twenty bucks spin is a suicide reference but anyway it's a song reference from yeah but their their records are 20 dollars shipped 20 bucks yeah shipped shipped and they're shipped. not they're not rolling in dough there's no, no way they're a, they're a very independent label but i mean that's what i mean if you get a bunch of these indie labels and you get somebody that can press ten thousand copies of something mm. and then all of a sudden the label gets 10 grand for something that was over Exactly. I agree. I think this is good all... Subscription services are good all around, and they're very good for fans. Let Agreed. us now move off the detour topic and go back to your list of topics to make sure we're on time and on brand and on message. All righty. We already discussed the where you listen part, and I'm just going to talk about it again real real quick. Uh, the closest I ever went to going viral on Twitter was I sent out a tweet saying, why aren't you listening to vinyl right now? And that one actually... I probably got about 200 replies. I mean, it, it was really good, really good interaction. And one of the, the biggest thing I heard about the no was I don't have room. I don't have room. I am waiting for Ikea to get in another uh, Calyx that'll hold 800 records. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to well, the future. Well, I'm, I'm retiring. My next apartment, hopefully, I'm, my next place will be not a small, tiny, you know, shoebox type of place, and I'll actually be able to have, like, an actual unit to hold all the vinyl in one place. It would be fucking sweet. I, when I bought my Calyx, it was the wrong color. It was white. Because I was buying this uh, expandable storage that I got on Amazon, but it was Chinese, and then when Trump killed the, the Chinese trade war, we couldn't get it anymore, so I had to switch to Calyx. But now I love the Calyx because I've got an Ikea down the road. It's awesome. But they're out of them. So I have a 400, uh, 400 LP Calyx now, and I'm going to buy the double one because the double one costs $30 less than buying two of the 400s. I'm going to retire the expandable and go to all of those. And, yeah, so, I, I, again, I, I have a room, I'm, and I'm sitting in it. I have a room for... Listening to records. That's what it's for. That's amazing. It's the Midwest. Um, yeah. I mean, like, of course, we all aspire to such things. But, like, my whole life in existence is about music um, and suffering from my day job. When hopefully that's going to be over soon one way or another. We all suffer our day I job. Love, I, uh... I don't know. Some people, 
My father used to say, you either work a job you hate that pays the bills to live the life you want, or you do what you love and you would do it for nothing. And you probably do. And that was his, and he was literally, his job put him in the grave, killed him. Quite but frankly, I, I have 40 hours a week where I am in corporate America trying to make that almighty dollar. And the only thing I care about money is just being able to pay my bills, buy records, and buy a beer. Well, you, you Unfortunately, you're on the hook for another human life that you brought into the world. So you have to now ensure her future, which really goes far beyond you and your wife's life together. I know, and, uh, I know, I know. You have to do the best you can when you have another child. Correct. Child. And, I mean, it's... I, I'm not a small disaster by having a child. I'm not saying we're not doing okay. We're, we're fine. But... You know, the 40 hours a week where I spend working in corporate America where, you know, I will say I'm working with a company that has closer business philosophies to my business philosophies. But you know what? If I had my druthers and I could choose anything, I would get out of any position where I had customers. I got you. Do you know that that is one of my favorite turns of phrase ever in human history? Do you know where druthers comes from? No, I don't. It comes from I'd rather. My druthers is I'd rather. Just shortened in the American Old West. Welcome to NPR's Etymology Live. Today, Nicholas and Keith will discuss the history of phraseology from the great gold rush of the American West in the 1850s. And anyway, so just, <laughs> oh my God, I do that so well. It's horrifying. Um, I did go down like a weird ASMR rabbit hole on uh on TikTok, I found myself becoming strangely aroused at non-sexual things, but that's not a topic for this podcast. No. Anyway, or a conversation between us. Where Keith sometimes listens to vinyl, he touches himself inappropriately. Anyway, um, you should never touch yourself inappropriately while staring at your phone while listening to vinyl. Turn off the vinyl, touch yourself inappropriately, and then pay attention to the fucking record. Got you. I, I actually pay attention to the record more than anything else. Metallica deserves that. They do. When you're listening to Lulu. No, thanks. Oh. I will never listen to Lulu ever again, but Nick, feel free to check out Nick and Duncan Evans on the Department of Metal Antiquities podcast, Break Hearts and Their Brains and Eardrums by listening to Lulu. Dropping in a couple of days after this one drops. You, I will listen to the episode. I will not listen to the record ever again. Thank you. Good night. Um, All right. When you come over, I know what I'm going to spin. You will not in my presence, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, Uh, Keep the friendship and keep it all love, please. I'll eat the chicken. We'll go to the steakhouse. We'll go on a road trip. We'll see some hockey. We'll do something. I don't want to hear that record ever again, please. I can't get those three hours of my life back. Well, if we go in my car, we can't listen. I don't have it on CD anymore. I gave that away to a minister. Anyway, moving on. Well, that's a story I kind of want to hear, though. Why give would you some... give your Lulu away to a minister? Were you trying to get him to convert to deviltry? I'll tell you. That's, it's an off-air kind of Satan. thing. Anyway, what, do we have any more vinyl questions? There's one more, one more question. Episode. And it comes down to what kind of vinyl purchaser are you? In my humble opinion, there are a few kinds of, of purchasers. People I talk to online, there's actually one guy who buys every Kiss record that they put out every everything in every color in every everything and never spins them okay which that i don't understand 
but I also don't understand buying a an action figure and leaving it in the package. I don't get that either. I'm not a collector of things. So are you a collector? Are you a are you a music enthusiast via this medium? I consider myself, and it's pretentious as shit to say it, but I consider myself as a, I, I have a vinyl library. Because the term collector, the term collection, implies you're looking to increase, you're looking for value. You're looking for monetary value for this pile of things that you own. Whereas I'm looking for the intrinsic value of the things that I own. I want to, it's the music that comes off the needle and out the speakers that I buy. Yes, I will spend too much goddamn money from time to time on things like Guar. I spent $150 to have Guar on vinyl, even though I already had it on CD. It's the same music. It doesn't sound that much better, really. I mean, definitely not. I spent five bucks on the CD and I spent 150 on the record. It, I mean, the difference is not that significant. So why did I do that? Because vinyl, listening to vinyl is my preferred mode. Mm. So I think for different things, I fall into different categories. Um, I cannot reach one, I think, within arm's length, but I have an abundance of Funko Pops unopened. I we have five. I have like 35. and I, I am actually fighting with my daughter now for the top of the Calyx real estate. She wants the Funko Pops there. And I'm like, why don't we put every version of the wall up there? Um, you need to get, like I did, one of those now spinning things, although they're like 75 bucks each, so maybe not a bunch of them. But I don't anyway. have, no. I just have a little, like, I have like a file, like a, like a typist file holder. I just put the, just put the sleeve in that. I guess you. Uh, I just like it's now things. spinning because it's right next to the record player. You don't um, need a sign. Poser. I loved it. I'm not a poser. Uh, the album is posed. I'm not posing. I um. I think for some things, I I think it's a it's a blend. I think for some things, I do have a collecting personality that is addictive, and I'm feeding an addiction to have stuff that I that pleases me and gives me comfort and joy. Um, but the music is tactile. It's oral with an AU. I want to hear it. I want to touch it. I want to read the lyric sheet. I got that awesome new Melissa Nadler album, Marissa, Melissa, Marissa Nadler album in October, and it came from Newberry Comics. It's just a kind of a plain old black vinyl. I have never it. ordered anything from them. I love it. Well, see, again, because you don't have familiarity with the store, which I did from living in Boston for 11 years, I love that store. That store mm. is like the, you know, it is a mecca. In many ways, a pop culture mecca, a vinyl music mecca, an album mecca, a comic book mecca, Newbury Comics. They now have stores branching into New York and other places, but still a New England thing. Yeah, but they're yeah, online. Yeah. They do a lot of... They will do a... You will see Tower Records now is online as a retailer, which you should look into. They will get special editions of things. New yeah, I knew about those. Newbury Comics gets... A lot of limited run, exclusive, special, swirly vinyl things, and they 
they will often bake in extra free things, a lyric sheet, an autograph, CD booklet, whatever we buy. So Marissa's thing, not that I need, I've met her, I don't need her autograph on a brand new photo of her that is a reproduction of the album cover with her signature on it, but it was cool that it came with it, and I can listen to the beautiful music and then look at her photo and be like, hmm, and read her lyrics, so like on the back of the photo, so I don't know, I do like the experience of the thing, so I think it depends on what I'm collecting. I also read books, I buy books and read books, and I still read books, and I Same. even though I've been reading mostly music biographies and music industry books, like I've been listening to that Dan Ozzy sellout book, which is phenomenal, um, on audiobook, because I couldn't get the physical signed, um, copy, they sold out, but, uh, yeah, like... See, I don't buy anything, I don't care about signatures. No, I, I mean, I just, I just sometimes, I just sometimes, I no, will say I, that, I, I, I never... I interviewed Frank Bello from Anthrax, the book company sent me an autograph. Here we go, book. Frank Bello from Anthrax. My hero, man, you gotta let me have my hero, bro. Yeah, let me have my hero. It's, it's You're chewing your flex. food again. I it's mean, not it's just a flex, though. It's like uh, a, he's from my town. I'm not talking about a flex. I played bass in a thrash metal band. Oh, I'm God. from the Bronx. And Frank Bellow. the same Frank place. Frank Bellow did the... Did you like to hear about all my anthrax on vinyl? Anyway, so... <laughs> actually, if we had, if we would do anthrax, I could listen to a lot of them on vinyl. It would be like the one band I probably could... Beside Metallica, which we did already, I could have listened to them all. We didn't do um, the 80s. Yeah, that's true. Um, We're anyway, not doing the Metallica 80s. No, I, I don't know if that answers... I don't know if that answers I mean, the, the thing about it is, is like... And, and no, honestly, because that, that... At least, let me rephrase. It doesn't answer the question I had in my mind. Like, today I purchased, for the first time ever a second copy of an album I already own. I have never done that. The closest I've ever come to that is a friend of mine sent me a promo copy of Roger Waters' Radio Chaos mm. just because he got it back in the 80s because he was a DJ and he had a copy of it. And he's like, here, you'll enjoy this more than me. And I'm like, now that's silly. Don't, don't bother. But then I'm like, oh, I could send Duncan in our gift exchange my copy of Radio Chaos if he doesn't have it. Cool. So I'm like, yeah, Mike, send it to me. Duncan already had Radio Chaos. So, and then Duncan also sent me a copy of uh, Robert Plant. I forget which one. I want to say Manic Nirvana. Mm. He said, but I, he sent me a UK copy of it. But I already had a copy of it, so I gave away that. So I had two. Those. That's the closest I've ever come to purchasing. But this, you know, I bought an original press of The Wall when I already had a copy of The Wall. Mm. I don't know if it's going to be any better. I'm definitely going to keep both copies of it. But that is the first time I've ever done that. There are people that will buy every variant of a record. That's why E1 puts out 10 variants of every Ace Fraley record. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you think you got them all? Oh, in six months, they're going to come out with three more Christmas variants of Ace Fraley Spaceman Volume 2 because uh, this one has a stripe on it and you're going to buy it because you're a dumbass. And then you're you're going to die with all these copies of these shitty Ace Fraley records and your family is going to sell them. Goodwill anyway because they're not even going to sell them. They're going to go to Goodwill. Correct. And no one's going to want them in their family. Yeah. So I, I, I don't... 
I don't understand that concept because, but I mean, again, I don't collect anything. The things I have multiples of are records, video games, and hockey jerseys. That's cool. And keeping in mind, there was a time when I went to four hockey games a week. I had plenty of opportunities to use those. Mm-hmm. And I listened to records every day, and I used to play video games every day. So that's just how I do it. But all in all, I mean, this is... If I ever have time again, I want to go back to doing two podcasts a week for the Glacier Musical Podcast. I don't know that I ever will. But in the meantime, I really enjoy our extra time together. And I really just enjoy talking about this stuff because there's more to music than just what's new or there's more to music than what's happened there's like today we've had a very intangible conversation about consumption of music and i don't know that's like my opinion man it's just like your opinion man um i feel very compelled after that wrap-up to uh sing the mr rogers outro of uh i'll be back in a day or two And I'll have more ideas for you. And we'll have things we both can talk about. I smell delicious chicken. Nick's gonna go. Wait, was I supposed to stop? And with that... Oh, this is the... (laughs) Thank you very much for for listening. This is... uh... Sometimes our bonus episodes go off the rails, but I think we did pretty good today staying uh, in our lane, on the rails, and with no bumps, if you take my meaning. Pointing at my nose. Uh, But in the meantime, it is the Glacier Musical Podcast. Doesn't play in Peoria.